Welcome back to Season 2 of the Recovery Daily Podcast, where we peel back the layers of our lives, celebrate the little victories, and embrace growth and joy within our struggles. Here's your host, Rachel Miller, sharing her journey through stroke recovery, sobriety, and self-discovery. Hi, and welcome back. I This is the day we've all been waiting for. I have received my neuropsychiatric evaluation report, so I wanted to share it because you all are my friends. And, um, and so here we go. Um, it's really nice to know that what I have been experiencing is now documented and I am not crazy. I cannot do the things that I could do before. So this is what we came up with in the report. I have a, uh, delay in my ability to process verbal information. I have an impaired ability to learn and retain new information. So these are the two um, like generalized diagnosis for me. Um, there are some things that were delayed a little bit. So like my verbal memory is delayed. Um, but all in all, it um, came down to be a mild vascular neurocognitive disorder. So that means um, to summarize that I have deficits in aspects of verbal learning with relative weaknesses in verbal processing, verbal fluency, and verbal intellectual skills. So I got stupider. I don't know. Um, so here's the thing. Um, I joke about it, but this is kind of what I'm feeling like today. And that is, I went into the appointment at first, and um, but before doing so, a couple days ago, I sent a message to the neuropsychiatrist because I hadn't received the report yet in an email like I was told I was going to receive. So um, I contacted them just to make sure that the report was done and it was going where it needed to go before my neurologist appointment. So they confirmed that they had sent the report over to the neurologist on December 29th. So good. I didn't have a copy, so I still didn't know what was going on. But they had a copy. So I went in today, and sure enough, they told me they did not receive a copy. So I was like, I, I, honestly, what I was thinking was the person I was talking to, I was thinking, you didn't even look. That's what, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, you didn't look hard enough. So she came back into the room and said, now, how long ago did you have that evaluation? Like... Um, implying that it hadn't been long enough for them to receive a copy. And so I, I showed her the email that I had received two days ago from the neuropsychiatrist that said they, in fact, already sent it and it was a week ago. So that made her leave the room again and look harder. And I'll tell you, if I hadn't pulled up that email, she would have... Um, 
pointed the finger towards me that, you know, that, oh, they didn't receive it. It's probably somebody else's fault because that's what I've been dealing with everywhere. You know, the people who say uh, it's not my fault, they must have done it wrong kind of thing. So anyway, um, thankfully, the doctor came in and she had a copy of it. So all is well. And it is a 20 page report. I have it in my hand right now. Um, so it's going to take me some time to really digest it, but I read through half of it, I think. And the second half that I didn't read through is full of recommendations of what I need to be doing. And, um, I think my overall feeling about it is relief that, um, the challenges that I've been having with um, choosing my words, with retaining what somebody tells me, with um, like with reading something, like I used to be able to read a menu, like read a recipe. And follow the directions. Well, it's just like jumbled for some reason in my head. Um, I can't do the step-by-step thing. I can if I read it like six times. Then I get it. So I think what I've also been feeling today is that it says mild vascular neurocognitive disorder. And so... You go in, and and now this is just the day of, so maybe my feelings about it are going to change, but this is what I'm feeling about it today, is that you are experiencing, I experienced these deficits over the past two and a half years, and I couldn't really explain what was wrong, because there's something wrong. Does that make sense? I I can't put into words what is wrong with me because I'm having problems choosing words. <laughs> so the concept around what is wrong is exactly what I can't explain. So, but I can tell you that it is it's it takes a lot of energy for me to do the things that I used to be able to do easily, which is like when I'm doing this podcast, most of the time I have my whole script written out. And the reason why is because what I'm doing today, which is I'm not reading from a script. All I did was hit record and I'm just talking today. It's really hard for me to remember what I'm saying and complete thoughts and stuff like that. So when I do an episode like this, I feel very, um, I feel kind of embarrassed. I feel like it's kind of a shitty episode um, because I don't feel confident in my ability to express what I'm trying to express. But I wanted to do it this way today because I really wanted to provide an authentic 
um, explanation of what I'm feeling about this diagnosis. So to have been dealing with these cognitive issues for two and a half years, and then to go in and have a couple medical professionals do a test, do uh, not just one test, (laughs) an enormous amount of tests on you, and then to come out and have an explanation of you written down for you to read it is, um, it feels like I shouldn't have to do that. You know what I mean? I don't know if that makes sense. It feels like if you would just listen to what I was saying, I, I'm telling you what I had problems with, you know? And now I, it's on paper because some doctor said that's what's wrong with me. Um, when I could have just told you that's what I'm having problems with. And I did tell people that's what I had problems with. But when I tried to tell people that I'm having a hard time finding words, I'm, tr- I'm having a hard time um, remembering the end, remembering the beginning of a sentence when I'm getting to the end of my sentence that I'm trying to say, or um, when somebody tells me something, I just, I can't remember it, um, and all of these things, and um, see, I can't remember what I was going to say, but um, to, like, be feeling all of that, and then to have somebody say it's mild, I have mild vascular neurocognitive disorder, it doesn't feel mild. It feels really frustrating. And, um, and I'm purposely putting myself in the position today to not have a script because I guess I wanted to confirm what it feels like for me. And it doesn't feel mild. It's really, really frustrating. It's really frustrating. Um, so I have a bunch of recommendations. Um, so let's move forward to, to that part. So the recommendations for me are to, um, number one, first and foremost, to continue to work with um, neurological consultation to find out to, to evaluate my head discomfort and my visual disturbances. That's, so that's not even related to this psychiatric exam. Um, so what they did not, I mean, they, he, he did acknowledge that some of the challenges that I had with the test may be due to my visual disturbances. So um, this doctor was really amazing, actually. He, um, he just did an incredible job explaining me <laughs> on, this, on this report. <laughs> it sounds like me when he's, when he's talking. To, I'll tell you one, one thing that he wrote in here that, that I was like, yeah, that is spot on. Um, but I'll get to that in a minute. Um, so I need to work with the neurologist to continue to evaluate my visual disturbances. Um, but my visual disturbances and the pain in my head may be contributing to my cognitive disturbances, which I could have told you, or I have 
explained that as well to the doctors that the more my head hurts and the more uh, my visual impairment is is triggered, the harder it is for me to think and complete my sentences and stuff like that. So the next thing is, uh, let's see, it says, um, yeah, you don't care about that. That's like, continue going to a neuro-ophthalmologist, and that's because the neuro-ophthalmologist did say that I had issues with visual scanning and tracking, but I'm pretty sure that's still what I need to go to the otolaryngologist for, for the um, vestibular disorder diagnosis. So that that's coming up. Um, and then I was recommended for speech and language therapy. So they call it speech therapy. Um, so we're going to do that, but I need to address the visual thing first. But um, they say that it gives you strategies for boosting your speech and language skills. So, um, so that's good. And then the rest of the recommendations are things like he recommended to continue to abstain from alcohol. Uh, duh. <laughs> and, um, but he did commend me on my abstinence from alcohol. So that's nice. And they, uh, he recommended that I see a psychotherapist because of all of the changes that I'm going through right now um, with my physical and mental health and all that stuff that it would be really helpful for me to um, talk to somebody about it because this kind of thing causes significant distress to people and so it would be important to go to psychotherapy to address issues related to mood management. So I think I might do it. I'm teetering towards doing it. I had been teetering away from doing it, but I think I might do it. The thing is, whenever I have to add something else, then my boyfriend has to drive me there. And that, um, you know, I mean, I know he's willing to do whatever, but it's really... I feel bad, you know, to have him driving me all over the place because I have three more doctor's visits that, or appointments coming up now because of this appointment, which I'll tell you about in a minute also. So the uh, recommendations talk about ways to accommodate the deficiencies that I have, um, specifically in new learning. So... <clears throat> The biggest problem it seems like I have is um, ingesting new information. So it gives these, you know, mem simple memory aids like writing things down and making habits, tuning out distractions, trying different memory tricks and um, putting everything in its place and saying things over and over again, keeping a calendar, you know, like that normal stuff that, you know, everyday people use these kinds of tips sometimes to remember things. And um, 
Yeah, I mean, the rest of the stuff really talks about things that everybody should be doing in life. And um, like exercise and make sure that you stay socially engaged and eating a healthy diet um, and so on and so forth. Um, We did talk about a few things. One is that because we've decided to start eating vegan, um, she recommended that I start taking B12, which I just ordered some from Amazon, and taking B, uh, vitamin D. So I ordered that from Amazon. And make sure I pay, pay attention to how much protein I'm intaking, which we are doing that. Um, the other thing is we... T- well, before I get to the next thing, I did want to read a paragraph from my um, from my report that talks about my Miss Miller's interpersonal style. Here we go. This is like, this guy nailed me, okay? This is exactly me, I thought. So it says, Miss Miller's interpersonal style seems best characterized as warm, friendly, and sympathetic. Aww. She particularly values harmonious relationships and derives much of her satisfaction from these relationships. Because of the premium placed upon harmony, she is likely to be uncomfortable with interpersonal confrontation or conflict, and she will tend to shun controversy. She is probably quick to forgive others and will readily give others a second chance. And I was like, that is so me. (laughs) So I had to fill out this like five page front and back questionnaire that asks things anywhere from like, I don't, it was all multiple choice, right? Yeah, it was all multiple choice. And it, it asks things anywhere from like, um, do you, do you think you're a happy person? Or do you feel confident? Like, how likely are you to um, scream at somebody when you get frustrated, that kind of stuff? That's some of the questions. And then other questions are like, do you hear voices? Um, Do you ever want to hurt someone or hurt yourself and all that stuff? Um, So this questionnaire, this five page front and back questionnaire is where they get a lot of this Uh, other stuff about my personality. So that was pretty interesting to read about that. Um, So then she, my doctor was talking about prescribing me additional information, sorry, additional medication for my um, headaches that I still have um, now that my sharp pains are almost gone. So I take Mgality, which is an injection in your stomach once a month. And I know, um, I've heard there's several people that I know actually that take Mgality. So, um, along, so that's gotten rid of like 90% of my sharp pain. So I just have a little bit left. Um, and depending on what I do on any given day, it'll either be like, I have them all day long or I won't have any. Um, but whether I have the sharp pains or not, I still have an underlying headache. Um, it's the same headache I've had since I had my stroke. I've had it 
for two and a half years. So she was talking about finding another medic, trying another medication to take in addition to that. So um, last month or so, she gave me something. It didn't work. I had a side effect that I'd rather not talk about. And um, so I stopped taking it. And then, um, so she wanted to give me another one. And she said, you have this dizziness. And so we're looking at medications that, that deal with migraines associated with dizziness. And I said, well, wait, let's talk about something else before we try to give me medications for the dizziness. And that is the vestibular disorder, the potential of vestibular disorder. So she's like, oh, yeah, (laughs) we need to talk about that. Whatever. I'm not, she really is a good doctor, even though I'm making her sound a little flighty. So we, um, I said, I went to the neuro-ophthalmologist, and they didn't have noticed anything wrong with my vision system and recommended that I see a neurotologist, which is another word, really, for an otolaryngologist, it sounds like. So, and that's just an ear, nose, and throat guy. So, or gal. So, I, um explain to her these issues I'm, I'm having trying to get an appointment with an otolaryngologist. So she um, wrote me an order for an otolaryngologist. Um, so hopefully I can, she can, that'll speed up me having the appointment because when I called last month for the otolaryngologist, they were trying to send me to another one first so that I could get a recommendation to the second one, or they were putting me, you know, sending me through these hoops and stuff. So that's one thing that I need to do is still go see the otolaryngologist. And what that is going to do is um, apparently they not only look at your ear, nose, and throat, but there is a correlation between your eyes and your vestibular system. So, um, Nobody has any idea why my vestibular system would have been impacted. So the only thing that somebody said, which is the neuro-ophthalmologist, he said um, where you had the stroke in the left hemisphere of your brain, this does not affect your vestibular system. Where I had the stroke is every bit of the cause for for my cognitive impairment. It's like, it's exactly what's wrong with my verbal issues and stuff. But um, the vestibular system, no. And he said, all I can tell you is that your stroke is not a cause for a vestibular system issue. The only thing I can think of is that you had another stroke. And I was like, okay. Um, I've had all kinds of MRIs and, and ultrasounds on my neck and all kinds of stuff. Um, so I don't know how that could be, but our bodies are very complex. I'm not discouraged 
but um, it's a little scary for him to have said that, but I think he was just throwing it out there. Um, and that's why doctors shouldn't throw things out there, because um, when we hear something like that as a patient, I think it really causes more of a panic than it does, than it does help. So um, I'm going to be going to the otolaryngologist. I'm going to call tomorrow and see if I can get an appointment, um, a new appointment to replace the appointment I already have with a different otolaryngologist because all of this is a nightmare. And um, so that's one thing. Next, I'm going to be getting an MRI on my ears, which, yes, that's weird, but... Um, they're going to see if there's something going on in there. So that's the other thing. And then finally, I have an order for uh, speech and language therapy. So these are the three things. Uh, speech and language therapy, the MRI on my ears, and the otolaryngologist. And we're going to see. I mean... We just, I did, I was, I was profusely thanking my doctor, the one that I've been uh, alluding to being flighty and she's not. Um, I, I was profusely thankful to her for continuing to keep trying to help me find out what's wrong with me. Um, it's, there aren't a lot of doctors out there that it seems like that just help you put the puzzle pieces together. Um, just like I've been dealing with um, kind of like when I went in today and they said, oh, we didn't receive the report from the neuropsychiatric office. They probably didn't send it in. Um, and she was pointing the finger in the other direction. That's that's what a lot of the doctors will do. Um, like I went to the neuro-ophthalmologist. He said there's nothing wrong here and pointed to the vestibular specialist, the otolaryngologist. Um, now, there's some situations where I don't, you know, he's like, there's nothing wrong. I don't know what I can tell you. So I get it. Um, the neurologist that I'm working with, it's her job to be like the center of coordination for all of these neuro specialists. So I feel like she's doing a great job helping me. And, um, and she cares and she listens. And, and that's great. I think we're building a good relationship, which I think is important. I keep trying to be over, you know, really kind to everybody that I interact with so that people are willing to help me when I really need them. So, so that's what's going on. Those are the results that we were waiting so long to hear. Um, I do feel good. I feel good that it's written on paper by a medical professional why I have not been able to speak and think the way that I used to speak and think. So that's cool. Um, yes, it sucks that I can't speak and think the way that I used to. And it sucks that they said it was mild because it doesn't feel like mild. 
but um, it's not severe, and that's obvious to me, you know, because I'm doing a podcast. Obviously, it's not severe if I'm able to do a podcast, and I've already found all of these tools and ways to work around um, doing, you know, getting in these positions where I'm talking (laughs) in a podcast episode, and I start losing my train of thought, which is kind of what I did today. But sometimes I got to do it just to be authentic. So anyway, thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you tomorrow.